0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff. We have a lift off. We're not even the backups this is the third stringers podcast where we talk about the hottest sports news of the week I'm your host Noah Crotts and here with me are my two favorite guys to talk sports with Josh and Justin and guys We're gonna start somewhere new today We're gonna do a few shout outs and we're gonna start with the NBA draft lottery Shout out to the Pistons for the number one pick and guess who's going there Cade Cunningham mm-hmm. Let's go it's a huge change of pace for the Pistons. When's the last time that they had the first pick? I don't remember. Uh, Darko
1: <laughs> was Darko first. No, he was second. He was
2: second. He was second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I truly don't think we've had one since then, though. I mean, that was a that was the second pick.
1: But, yeah, I can't. I can't remember in in my lifetime, at least. But I mean, this is
0: an obvious one, right? There's no way they pick anyone else,
2: you know. Krauts. I I would say I hope it's obvious. That's what I would say, <laughs> but I, cool. I I don't want to I don't want to assume anything at this point.
1: It God. wouldn't surprise me if they messed up, but I'd be upset.
0: God, I I just can't imagine. I mean, Kate Cunningham said he's only visiting the Pistons. Like, yeah, I mean that's it's, pretty... it's it's gotta be it's gotta be him. But I mean that's a game changer, right? That. That puts up like that puts that franchise way ahead, you would think, if he turns out to be what he's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, assuming
2: he pans out, that yeah. that'll definitely I mean it's obviously not gonna be like, you know, a complete team changer to where like they're a top team in the NBA, but it's definitely a huge step for sure.
0: Yeah. Like I think his comparison, if I had to compare him to someone, would be like a Jason Tatum type of player. Which, I mean, he's not the best player in the world, but he's
1: pretty damn good.
2: Better than anyone on the Pistons.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had heard comparisons to Grant Hill. Mm, that's interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Which I'm not mad at. Bring back Grant. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: But yeah, uh, definitely shout out to the Pistons. They definitely won big last night. With the NBA talk, we're going to move on to the NBA playoffs. There's four teams left, guys. Hawks, Bucks, Suns, Clippers. So my question for you for the first question of the day is who has the most pressure out of those four teams to win the playoffs this year? Let's start with Justin.
1: Um, So my first thought, and I guess my main thought, is I do believe the Clippers have the most pressure. Just because I feel like with the other three teams, they were more of like a natural build, and they've kind of been like grinding a couple years to get to this point. But for the Clippers, it was like, okay, trade for Paul George, get Kawhi, and now you're basically immediate playoff contenders. So, I don't know, to me, it's just kind of like the whole super team build type of thing, even though they're not a true super team in that they have three players. But, I feel like they had the most, most pressure because a lot of people going into the season were like, okay, the Clippers definitely have a very strong chance of winning. And, I mean, you could argue the Bucks, but my pick would definitely be the Clippers. I think Paul George and Kawhi together should have won it. Now that Kawhi's injured, you can kind of give them some slack for that. But the, for me, they, they've had the most pressure all season, basically. The only other team I would say would have more pressure were the Nets.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, Clippers... Clippers, Lakers, Nets, and probably 76ers probably had the most pressure going into the playoffs uh, just because Lakers, they were expected to do big things. But then Anthony Davis got hurt again, so it's kind of hard to judge. But uh, Josh, what do you think? Which team?
2: Well, you know, Justin said it. You know, I think I will argue the Bucs. <laughs> um, I definitely can see the Clippers. To me, it's it's between the Clippers and Bucks, and I think I think between the Suns and the Hawks, I don't see a ton of pressure there at all compared to the other two teams. Um, But for me, I think I would I would say the Bucks have the most pressure simply because of of Giannis, because I think Giannis has so much pressure um, just on him. And that obviously carries over to the team, you know, because he's a part of it. So I think I don't know. I I think the Clippers have last year. I feel like they already kind of failed if that makes sense. Um, and obviously, I know the Bucs didn't win a championship, but it seemed like last year the, like, the Clippers really failed. And I think, especially after the Bucks getting past the Nets, I just think that Giannis not winning a championship this year will put enough pressure on him to where he thinks he needs to make a major move, whether it's leaving the Bucs or using his leverage for the bucks to make a big move. Um, and a lot of that too, I think if you look at like Kawhi, he has a championship, right. And obviously is a different team and it's, you know, that's not like there's no pressure on Kawhi, but I just think, I just think with Giannis, it seems to me, I have a feeling like it's kind of a make it or break it year. And I think if the bucks don't win a championship, that something big will happen either with Giannis or with the team.
0: Yeah how I see it is they got lucky to get past the Nets and they know that they know if they would have had all three of them, it would have been a completely different story. But that's why this year is so important for them because I mean, there's no guarantee they make it out of the East when the big three comes back for the Nets. And I think that just puts a boatload of pressure on not only Giannis, but Chris Middleton, Mike Budenholzer. And I think if, if the bucks don't, at least make it to the NBA Finals, then Mike Budenholzer's gone. Like, it's... It, they'll need something to change, and I think that Mike Budenholzer will definitely be the scapegoat. And, I mean, kind of rightfully so. I don't think he's a great coach. But... Um, like, there's a lot of bigger things. Like, the fact that Giannis likes to take complete control of the ball... Uh, I mean he's not like, he's no point guard if he was just if he would just stay down in the paint play a center's position down there he could dominate the paint like Embiid does every single game and that's more of a coaching thing in my eyes yeah stars are going to do what they want but I mean if you get like Eric Spolstra in the Bucks organization he's running that like he always ran the heat when lebron was there when chris bosh was there chris bosh was the down low guy and he knew it and he was focused on rebounds and just short term game until they weren't expecting him to go out to the three point and he would make it so i think it's i think it's more about it's more or less about the bucks needing to win a championship or at least making the finals in order to prove something.
1: I could see that. But at the same time, I don't know. I guess I'm just not as high on the on Giannis as everyone else is. I think he's a great player, don't get me wrong. But, like, we were kind of talking about while we were watching Game 7 against the Nets, like, if Giannis wasn't 7 feet tall and kind of jacked, he wouldn't be that great of a player. Like, he he doesn't have a, a great shot. He can't really... He doesn't have great like uh command of the floor. He doesn't have great vision for passing. He's an all right defender, but he's seven feet tall. Like I would hope you'd be decent at defending. So I get it that people are like, oh, he needs to win to prove that he's one of the best. But like in my eyes, if he wins this season, to me and I'm sure a lot of people, it's because he got lucky with the Nets and he's playing the Hawks and the potentially either the Suns or the Clippers in the finals. Like he got like an easy path this year, and he's in my eyes. If he if he wins this year, he's still not a top ten player of all time. So I guess yeah, he does have that pressure because they need to do it for the Bucks organization. And you're right, if he doesn't, then something big will change. But for me, the Clippers—it's just it has to be the Clippers because they were expected. I guess the Bucks were too, but I I just view Paul George and Kawhi as more I I value them in their place more than I do Giannis I guess that's just me personally
0: yeah don't get me wrong I mean these two teams are obviously the ones with the most pressure uh this is an opportunity for the big three gone um and the Clippers should be performing as well while the Suns and the Hawks really have nothing to lose because they weren't expected to be here in the first place so now they're just playing with that chip on their shoulder. Like, yeah, we are here and we are a very good team and we'll be here next year as well. But, I mean, I just see it as the Bucks, just because, yeah, they were viewed as lucky. And this is the opportunity to cash in on it. Like, it's got to be this year. Otherwise, you blew the opportunity because the big three was gone and you still blew it.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So
0: we're going to move on to the West. I've got a question for you for the Western Conference Finals with both Kawhi and Chris Paul out for the first two games. And the Suns winning both of those games, but the, both of those games were very close. So my question for you guys is who matters more for their team, Chris Paul for the Suns or Kawhi for the Clippers? And let's start with Josh.
2: So just just so the people listening know, I'm going to go through their numbers. So Chris Paul, um, this season averaged 16 Points, four rebounds, and nine assists. Kawhi Leonard averaged almost 25 points, six and a half rebounds, and five assists. So I think, strictly looking at numbers, I would say Kawhi is more important to his team. But, and the but we've talked about, um, I think on multiple previous podcasts, we've mentioned it, is Chris Paul's leadership. And on top of that, I think it's important, too, to note that it's not like he's a a leader on a team with a lot of veterans. Um, He's a leader on a team with a lot of talented young guys, right? Although the numbers point towards Kawhi, I think just because of the leadership and especially because watching the Suns play, they play like amazing team basketball. It's super fun to watch. And the Clippers don't really do that so much. The Clippers are a lot more of of a it's ISO type of all sense. Yeah, well, yeah, and it, it's what like you said, star studded. It's what you expect, right? But I think with Chris Paul playing on a team that does play team basketball as well as having all those young guys to to mentor, I would say Chris Paul is more important to the Suns.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see both of those points. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're both they were both I idolized as this leadership role on their teams. Even if on the Clippers, it was Kawhi and Paul George. We all knew it was Kawhi. It wasn't Paul George. Um, but yeah, Justin, what do you think?
1: Um, I would pretty much agree with Josh. The the only way I would kind of just word it different. I think Kawhi in like a game to game scenario is more important for the Clippers. Just because like you said, he has more numbers and he just has that immediate impact. But I think Chris Paul's impact isn't like as seen. It's kind of like you said. He's been helping train and coach these guys over this full seasons. So if you take Chris Paul at, out from the beginning of the season, I don't even think the Suns are at this point. If you take Kawhi out in like a game, then it's going to be a, a fully different game. But for the full season, I think Paul George could have got them back to possibly this point. So... For me, it's Kawhi matters more in these playoff games in the immediate, like they need his 20, 25 points a game. Chris Paul, he was way more important at the beginning of the season getting this team to play better, to play as a team, to see like what they need to do differently to become a
2: good playoff team. So that's that's my take on it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's basically the same thing sure. you said. But no, but mean, but way. you are right. I mean, because it's just Chris Paul's impact is more it was more of a, a long term thing, you know. Yeah, Whereas like yeah. you said, Kawhi is 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 a guy who you'd probably want in a singular game if yeah. you, you know, could draft him or pick him.
1: Yeah, if I'm if I'm drafting a team for a pickup game right now, I probably won't pick Chris Paul. Right. I I'll, I'll pick Kawhi. But if I if I want a team to like develop long term, Chris Paul is gonna be my vet, like player coach, managing all the young guys. So Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard because,
0: like you guys said, over the course of the whole year, Chris Paul has mattered more, for sure. And the emergence of players like Reggie Jackson on the Clippers just proved that Kawhi's main importance on that team is their defense. Because... They have guys who can score. I mean, Reggie Jackson puts up, like, what is it, 25 points per game in the past, in this series, in these two games? Like, I mean, that's yeah,
2: he's pretty really significant.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get paid this offseason. Someone's going to overpay him. We all know it's going to happen just based off one series. But it's mostly there for that defensive stance. I think if he was there in that final play last night, I think it would have been a different story. So at this point, I think Kawhi is more important for their team just because they yeah. need a defensive stance. So, I'd I mean, agree. that's that's what I think. Um, but, yeah, for like for the franchise perspective, L.A. is star-studded. So they have other players that can step up, whereas the Suns, yeah, they played well in the bubble last year. But with Chris Paul, this is a different team, completely different team.
1: Yeah. Kawhi matters more right now trying to make it to the finals.
0: Yeah. agree. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the East. So the Hawks and 76ers, uh, they start tonight. Uh, so the question for you guys is, do the Hawks have enough power down low to stop and M- or to stop Giannis and the trees in Milwaukee? Let's start with Justin.
1: Um, it depends. John Collins, I don't think would be able to guard slash stop Giannis by himself. But when you have Collins and Capella down there, it it makes it more even matched. I think they can do it if Trey Young's on. It just it just really depends if Trey Young's going off, which I think he's going to. I think this could be a very close series and a lot of people are kinda of overlooking it, thinking that the Bucks should win because they did beat the nets and probably rightfully so i do think the bucks are probably a better team overall but i think if trey young's going for like 30 to 50 points a night which i think he realistically he can get he can average 35 points this series and if capella john collins can somehow contain Giannis to 20 I think it's a it's a really close series and I do think the Hawks could squeak it out. I think the Hawks have more heart right now. I think the Bucks are like we said earlier, they have a little bit more pressure. Giannis as we saw last year in the bubble, Giannis can can kind of fall apart when it comes into these high pressure scenarios. And I think Trey Young just has that chip on his shoulder right now. He's saying screw all of you for what you guys were doing to me against the Knicks and like I got this. I got the team on my back and we can make it. So if Trae Young's shooting well, which I think he easily can, I have the Hawks winning in seven games. I see
0: a lot of similarities in the East of this year and the East of last year where there was a star-studded team that was supposed to come out of the East, and it didn't happen because of a young, scrappy team. It was the Heat last year, and it's the Hawks this year.
2: But do they have enough power Josh? Honestly, I I think I think I'm torn because realistically, I think that the series will be close, but I think that between Holiday and PJ Tucker and not even mean obviously Giannis is going to he's going to put up points and he's going to play well, but to me I think the i think the bucks are just a little bit more deep and i do think that this is going to be a close series i'm leaning more towards the bucks in 7 um but really i think it's just i think the bucks have more talent and i think they just have a deeper roster and i would give them the edge for that reason but i would say that given how the bucks played against the nets and again, even with the Nets team that was missing a star and one of their stars was banged up to me, watching that series, it just did not look like the bucks were playing the best basketball and I get they won and they, you know, they beat a good team, but it, there was just something about the flow of their offense and how they seemed to be putting up points. And I, it, it didn't, it, they just didn't seem confident on offense and so I do think that the Hawks have a chance. Um, and like Justin was saying, I do think that between some of their big guys down low, if they can make an impact and just slow down Giannis, I think that increases their chances a lot. But I, I am going to say if I have to pick, I would say Bucks and seven.
0: All right. All right. Justin, let's get your prediction before I, before I step in here.
1: I I said Hawks in seven. Oh my honestly, bad, I my might, bad. <laughs> I might I might change it. I might say Hawks in six. Ooh, yeah, All right. I, that might be a hot take. All right, I think you guys are nuts. Um, yeah, they got
0: the chance. I think the Cinderella story ends here. Uh, I think they get blown out tonight, and I think they make it a little closer game in the second game in Milwaukee, and. I think going back home, they'll take one game, and the Bucks will take the next two. I think they win it in five at home. Um, my reasoning: I just think the Bucks are going to ride this out and play this really hard. They're not going to take. They're not going to. They're not going to think that the Hawks are going to be an easy team to beat because I think they see what happened to the Knicks. And I, see, I think they see that what happens with the 76ers and how Atlanta got in the head of Ben Simmons. And they're not going to let that happen for Giannis. So I think Giannis doesn't step up. I think Middleton and Drew Holiday step up.
1: Do you think if, let's say, let's say Drew Holiday and Middleton don't step up or they're just playing like normal? Do you think Giannis is the type of player? Because from what we saw last year in the bubble and kind of how he's played throughout his whole career, he seems, in my opinion, like the one of the worst clutch players. Like, he, like if it's back against the wall, I'm not giving the ball to Giannis. So I'd probably give it to Middleton to take the oh shot. Oh, God,
0: no. Yeah, no. Do not trust Giannis that's, with the ball to make the clutch shot.
1: To me, that's not a winning team right there. If your best player isn't getting the ball— for the last shot. I don't think you're gonna win an NBA championship like that. Oh no. I don't think they'll win either. I think
0: I think Suns win it in six. I think Clippers come back a little bit. They take a few games. Um and I think Suns blow them out in the championship. I truly think the Suns will destroy the Bucks in the championship.
2: Yeah, the Sun the Suns are looking terrifying right now. The Suns are looking like spurs super, ter- super fun to team. watch. Super fun <laughs> yes. to watch. The Suns no,
1: reminded me of the Spurs back in the day.
2: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely think if if the Bucks this series against the Hawks, but also in the finals as well, I think if the Haw- if the Bucks are going to be successful, I think that the people surrounding Giannis are going to have to play really well. In in ca- kind of for the same reasoning, I mean, I like you said, he's Giannis is not the guy to take a last second shot. But I think also it's, I mean, I, the the play that I have key I have running in my head is, um, I believe it was game seven, and Giannis started to post up James Harden or try to, and James Harden was going to get help from was for one of his teammates. I don't know if it was Jeff Green. I can't remember. And Harden waved him away. He's like, no, I got it. And Giannis tried to back him down for a couple seconds and try to turn around jumper and he missed. And that play happened towards the end of the game. And it's just like, it's not even just the last second shot, but I just feel like Giannis makes such poor decisions in those moments. You know, the last two minutes of a game, the shots he takes and, and the predictability of like what he can do, I think is just very poor And so I think if, if the bucks have a chance, I absolutely think that holiday Middleton on the offensive end are going to have to play really well. And I think PJ Tucker is going to have to play really well defensively a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so my take on Giannis, I think he gets it in his head that he has to be the reason why the bucks win. And I don't know if it's like arrogance Or, like, that he just has so much heart and he's like, I need to do this. I need to do this for my team. But that, again, coaching issue. I get he's a superstar and I get that he's more important than the coach. But your teammates and the coaching staff need to get it through to him that he's like, he doesn't need to be the only one to do this. He has other players to do it. He's going to be the main focus of this series, and he's got to trust his teammates.
2: See, just like I think he is the most overrated player in the NBA, and again, I think he's very good, but also the fact that there's people who think he's the best in the NBA, I think that is so overrated. I also think he, to me, I don't don't think it's, like you were saying, I I don't think it's heart. To me, I think he's just overconfident. I think Giannis thinks he is better than he really is. And I think that's why those, there's those moments where he, he'll dribble down the court and pull up for a three. And to me, I think I think he is just so confident that he doesn't see a problem with it and it doesn't bother him. If You know what I mean? Uh, to me, I yeah. think he's just overconfident.
0: Yeah, I, he's. I think he's working on it, to be honest with you. I truly think that he's working on trusting his teammates – Because there's times where he has an open three and he knows he should not be shooting that because this whole series, he was horrible from the three point line. And in that last game, actually, both the game six and game seven, he stepped up and he's like, I I can't make this. So he took it and drove it into the lane and either took it all the way to the bucket or passed it out for a three. Most of the time it was it, it was driving to the bucket. But, I mean, he's not the best free throw shooter. But he can at least make them, unlike on, on Ben Simmons.
1: So I think not it was even actually that. just getting yeah, to but, them, getting them in foul trouble is just a great thing for him to right, do. Right? But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he stepped up mentally in those last two games. Yeah, he wasn't perfect, but he's he's improving for his basketball IQ. He's never going to be a Chris Paul or or a LeBron, but I think he's improving. I truly do. But it's just not going to be enough to win against the Suns. All right. So we're going to move on to better or worse uh, for the NFL teams. We're going to do the best from each division in the AFC this time. We did the best in the NFC last time. We're going to do the best in the AFC. All right, guys. I'm going to go back and forth like we did last time. So we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. They were 13-3 last year. Justin, better or worse?
1: This is a tough one. I honestly think a little bit better. I don't know why. I think, I could see them being in the Super Bowl this year. And that's tough for me to say because there's a lot of good teams that I could potentially see being in the Super Bowl. But I think the Bills are going to get it done this year. And whether or not their record is better, I think getting to the Super Bowl is their goal this year. Like, Forget about the record. Getting to the Super Bowl is the most important thing for this team right now. And I think they're going to do it. So I right. will guess a little better. Maybe not record-wise,
2: but performance-wise. All right. All right, Josh. So I think this is very difficult to say. My My gut reaction is that they get better. Because I, I do think Josh Allen's going to improve, and also the relationship between him and Stephon Diggs is, well, should only get better, um, barring something happens. But, and the but is, I do think that the New England Patriots are going to be a better team, and I also think the Miami Dolphins are going to be a better team. So because of that, I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills are going to be a little bit worse, but not much. Maybe a game- I'd say maybe two games, definitely a game worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, they didn't give anyone a reason to doubt them in free agency, in the draft. Um, so I think I think they'll hover. I think they'll hover around 13-3. I think they'll go 13-4. 13-4 because it's a 17-game season. All right, let's move on. Oh, this one's a big one. Pittsburgh Steelers. 12-4 and four last year. Josh better or worse.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't want to make you too upset, Kratz. But. I get I think, it. I get it. I, I think that it seemed to me that especially towards the end of last season, um, there was just signs to me that it looked like things weren't going great. And I don't know. I just think I think that the team has a lot of talent. Absolutely. I think I think you can't argue that the team has talent, but I just don't see the team meshing. I think that I I just think that they're going to look kind of kind of broken, especially offensively, um, because it just did not seem like what they had going last year towards the end of the season was working. So I'm going to say. That they'll be a couple games worse, but I definitely don't think that they're going to be, you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL at all. All right, all
0: right, i'll I'll get to my I'll get to my thoughts after we go to Justin real quick. I
1: I truly believe, and I don't want to believe this because I'm not a super fan, but I like the Steelers. I do believe they're going to get significantly worse. I think Big Ben is out of his prime. I think whoever's nice. in there to replace him is going to be not enough. I I just can't like Josh said towards the end of that, uh, last season they looked pretty rough. Like I remember at the beginning they had a like a hot start and then towards the yeah. end I was like uh, it yeah, he started out great. Okay. <laughs> yeah and then it started declining and I truly think but most of it was because. I, I don't know. It, this team is just weird because, in my opinion, Big Ben should have been gone three years ago. So I, I think they get worse. I think they're more middle of the pack, maybe, what, eight and, eight and nine? I don't know. I can't see them getting any better. They might hover, but I, I, I truly believe that they're going to get worse, and it's not going to be terrible, but it's not going to be great.
0: Alright, all right. For all of our fans out there, this is my team.
2: <laughs> Cross is gonna stand for the slander.
0: <laughs> I hey, there's some fair points here. You know, Big Ben is getting older. He looked horrible in that game against the Browns. I think he had a bad game. Their offensive line didn't get any better. Actually got significantly worse. I think the offensive coordinator, the new one, I think he completely changes this offensive scheme. I think last year they got stuck in their ways of these short passes and just trying to run it down the field once our receivers caught it. Big Ben didn't look mobile. I think they just didn't want to test that shoulder, so they didn't want to throw it downfield, and that's understandable, and we were just—we did not want to run the ball. James Conner looked horrible towards the end of the season, which is why teams started to catch on, which is why the Steelers did horrible at the end of the season. I think the run game changes. I think the defense gets significantly better because we get uh, Devin Bush back. We get uh, one of our defensive linemen back. And I think this completely changes the Steelers. But – I think it's going to take us a few games to get used to it. So I'm going to say 10 and seven, maybe 11 and six and we lose in the second round of the playoffs.
1: That's a fair take. I'm not mad at that. All right, we're going to move on to the Tennessee Titans.
0: Titans went 11 and five last year. So guys better or worse.
1: So I think they have to get better just because of Julio joining the team. And realistically, they're one of the hottest offenses in the league now. I think they're definitely making playoffs. I don't know if the team chemistry is going to be there. That, that's my biggest thing right now. Is it going to work out with Ryan Tannehill and his receiving core? I think it could. Considering or hoping that everything goes well and everyone's healthy, Julio stays healthy, I think they make playoffs. And I, I'm putting them where you put the Steelers. I think they're going out second round of playoffs. So, I don't know. I the record somewhere between eleven and what seventeen games now. So 11-6 and, and thirteen and four, somewhere around there. I, I think they're going to be a, a good team. They're going to lose a couple games to like Kansas City or whoever else are the top dogs, but they'll make playoffs for sure. So I think they'll get better.
2: Mm, boys, I don't I don't know if this warrants a hot take, but I think. The Tennessee Titans will only lose two games next season, and they will win the Super Bowl. Huge hot take.
1: I think that is a hot take for
2: me. Like we said, in pre- like I said in a previous episode, I think that sure. I think everyone's everyone you know is high on their offense now because of all these reasons. But I still think that as ex- ex- excited as everyone is, that they're still under appreciating. This offense, I think. I just think Julio is exactly what they needed, and they also have the best running back in the NFL, and probably the best running back in many years. So I don't know. I'm, I'm saying they lose two games and they win a Super Bowl. That's
0: really bold. I'm sticking with it, too. That's what I said. They're making. They're going to make the Super Bowl, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Okay. Brown.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Ryan Tannehill's got weapons. He's got an offensive line. He can run the ball. Their defense is going to be the weakest part, and that's all right. But I think they win. I think they win the Super Bowl. Julio Jones is a great player. Ryan as, long as long as he stays healthy. As long as he stays healthy.
1: Yeah. If Ryan Tannehill plays very well which he might i i'm uncertain on him if he plays really well i can see it i'm not mad at that take but i just i i don't know if he's gonna be capable of it i agree all of his weapons around him are amazing i just don't know about ryan Tannehill. he's he's You'll my see. biggest doubt right now
2: he'll prove you wrong <laughs>
1: okay i'm a doubter I'll, I'll, I'm, <laughs> open, really, I'm open to absolutely it. <laughs> i don't hate i do not hate this team though i if they win i would be completely fine with that
0: all right, last one guys, Kansas City Chiefs. they went twelve fourteen and two last year. better
2: or worse mm, i think I think that this is tricky. I think this is a hard one um but my gut is telling me that they get worse um, I think they'll. Lose five games. Um, and you know, I I don't even necessarily have great statistics or or reasoning. I just feel like after last season, and I get I mean I get it. It's recency bias. They lost. I'm down on them, but I just feel really down on them for some reason. I just don't have the same faith in that team. As I had, you know, halfway through the season last season or before that, so I I think they get worse. I think they lose five games.
0: You're really down bad on them. I'm,
2: yeah, <laughs> down bad on them. I am all right, Justin.
1: Almost the. I am almost the exact opposite. I think I'm really high on them this year because the. I think what people forget, and maybe you forgot too, Josh. I don't know. Last season, when they kind of started to fall apart at the end of the last final two games, um, Pat Mahomes was playing on an injured ankle or foot. I, I don't know exactly what it was. Their line was hurt so too, I, I think. Yeah, they lost. They had uh, the lineman from Central. I forgot his name. He was Fisher. out. Yeah. Yep. Fisher. I remember. And I that, remember. And Pat. <laughs> okay, so I didn't. I didn't know if you completely remember that or if any of the listeners remember but i think with those two are back and healthy i don't even know if fisher's coming back on the team i i I don't know the roster i haven't looked into it that much i think if those two are back and pat mahomes is playing like he was throughout the season last year before he did get injured i could see them making the super bowl again the chiefs are a weird one like you said they're tough because they've been so dominant the past two three years can they get any better
2: I, I feel like their time's over. That's what I'm saying. I, I just feel like the time has come to where it's over. Yeah. That's just the feeling I have. It, if Pat Mahomes doesn't get full, if he
1: doesn't go back to how he was before the injury, I agree with you. But I think, I think I'm kind of high on them. I kind of think they're going to make it back to playoffs. It'll be a tough one. There's a lot of good teams this season I'm high on, and I don't know if it's just because I'm excited for NFL football. But the Chiefs, the Bills, Titans, I'm all excited to see how they play. You didn't mention Steelers so the in there. <laughs> yeah, well, Steelers gonna do it. <laughs> so to say better or worse, I'm gonna say better because I think they have a good shot at the Super Bowl again. Records probably gonna be about the same. They'll hover around the record and they'll make a good chance at playoffs or uh, for the Super Bowl.
0: I see them kind of hanging. I think they'll lose three games. I. Uh, make it to the AFC championship game against the Titans and lose. So I guess a little worse, but I mean, not significantly.
1: Yeah, that's a good take. I, I, I might just hop on board with what you just said. So who knows? It, it, between the Titans, Bills and Chiefs, I think one of those teams are winning the Super Bowl. I, I can't see another team beating those three without seeing them play, obviously, but you know.
2: Detroit Lions. Detroit. I mean,
0: Bucks definitely have a shot, but it's definitely AFC dominant, for sure. All right, we're going to move on to the question of the day. We're going to talk about the worst contracts in the NBA right now. I have a huge rant coming up. So just wait for that, but we're going to start with we're going to start with Justin. And we're going to say who has the worst contract in the NBA? right now.
1: So financial wise, this probably isn't the worst one just because of history and what this player has meant for this organization. But from a like just a purely I'm coaching a basketball team and I have money to give to someone, I'm not giving this person this much money. And that's Draymond Green. I get it, they went on those runs the past like what, five years before everyone started getting injured. Where Draymond was very he was a good part of that team. He was a good defensive presence. He averaged like basically ten points, seven to eight rebounds, seven assists. So he was a great third, potentially fourth option with KD on the team. But at this point, I just don't I just don't like the guy, so maybe that's just me being me. But his contract is right now, currently is three years for seventy five $7.4 and it expires in 2024. Um, He has a player option that I would be shocked if he didn't take, because why would he leave the Warriors at this point? I just don't value him nearly that high. I find him as a middle-of-the-pack role player, not a star that I think a lot of people value him as. And to me, I'm not paying him that money. I'm finding a better defensive power forward or defensive small forward like i would rather pay pj tucker that money even though i think pj tucker might be slightly older just because i think pj tucker is a more tenacious defensive player and he can have those moments where he kind of goes off on for points so in my opinion i think draymond's the worst contract i think the warriors once they get Stephen clay back they don't really need draymond I think Draymond is only good when Steph or Clay are on the court, and that's just tough to have when you're paying a guy like 25 million a season. So that that's my pick. I don't like Draymond. Get rid of him.
0: Yeah, Kevin Durant was probably the worst thing that happened to Draymond, just because he didn't shoot after that. Like once Kevin Durant got there, he wasn't shooting. So now his three point ability is horrible. Like at least. In the 2016-2015 finals, he could make a couple. Probably like, I don't know, like three for seven, three for eight, three for nine. And he was at least a threat. And now he's not. And that was probably because of Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant was shooting, Clay was shooting, Steph was shooting, Draymond was not. I I completely agree with that. that's That's a good one. That's a good one. Josh, what do you got?
2: So mine is similar in the sense that I think a lot of reason a lot of the reason he has this contract is because of kind of like you were saying like the past, you know, what he means to the organization. But I'm going to go with Kevin Love for the Cavaliers. He is making 31 million dollars and he is you know this past season Average 12 points, seven rebounds, and two and a half assists. Um, honestly, I feel like there's just not much to be said about it. Uh, I don't see how anyone could justify Kevin Love making $31 million at this point. Um, he is 32. He is making so much more than everyone else on his team. And I definitely would not even put him in the top three and who had a one on the team. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think I have to give it to Kevin Love. I think 31 million is just way too much money for him.
0: Yeah. We talked about that on our off season scenarios yep. and that's a, that's a big one. That's a, that one stands out. I, uh, I mean, just his heart just doesn't seem like it's in it anymore. And again, it was like you said in the off season scenarios, it was more of like a, like a rest- Thing. Like they won a championship together with LeBron and Kyrie, yeah. and it was definitely more of a respect thing. And I think they wanted to build around him, and then he just kind of crumbled. He can't be the number one option on any team, and they paid him like one, and that's a good one. But there is one that's worse. Good Lord, guys. Ben Simmons' contract, all right? This guy single-handedly lost the series for the 76ers because of his pathetic free-throw shooting. They hack-a-shacked him. And Shaq was better at shooting free-throws. Hack-a-Simmons! They put him on the free-throw line and dared and dared him to beat them. He gave them so many opportunities. And he's getting almost 40 million dollars a year? Let me read you his contract for the next couple of years, all right? It was 30 million, 30 and a half million last year. 33 million next year. 35 million the following year, 37 million in 23-24 and 40 million for 24 and 25. For a 33% free throw shooter. That is pathetic this is going to be the end of the Joel Embiid era in, in Philadelphia because of this guy. And they can't even trade him at this point because they don't get the value for it. They'll just have to try and get rid of his contract. So this high upside player is going to go somewhere else and probably be good because on a new team, new scheme, he just needs a fresh start and he'll probably get that. But he just, Screwed the 76ers. And you could say it's kind of their fault for giving him that much money, but he screwed them hard.
2: Honestly, I think whoever gives Ben Simmons his next contract, um, it should be the first ever contract where this is done. And the team should say that he gets like, you know, 30 grand for every free throw he makes or something like that. That <laughs> I think huge. that's what his contract should be. be <laughs> Every time he makes a free throw he gets like twenty, thirty grand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean I was this gonna was say I know horrible. what he's working on this off season. Honestly. Yeah. He, honestly. he he needs he needs to go and shoot a thousand free throws. Just over and over and over.
0: Alright, alright. We're gonna we're gonna do something else real quick. It's gonna be trade scenarios, alright? It's gonna be uh, a who says no sort of thing. So, the big one, the big one that I have, all right? We all know I'm a Kings fan. So, who says no? Kings give up Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley for Ben Simmons. Who says no? Either one of you. Whatever, whoever if, thinks If that. I'm the Kings, I'm saying no.
2: Yeah. If I, I think the
1: Kings, I'd say no, for sure.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm with Justin. If like if I was the Kings, I'd say no, but I also wouldn't say that I see that as impossible. I can see the Kings saying yes, but I don't think they should. I think it's a high outside yeah, I mean, player, and the Kings need that.
1: I think they can get them in a different player for a way better value, because I think... Personally, I like Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. I think they're both two players that surround... Like, if if the Kings do get a star, like a true star besides Deer and Fox, I think this team isn't a bad team at all. Like, I could see them making it pretty far. So, I mean, they might need a little bit more depth, but having Buddy Healed as, like, a deep three-point presence... Isn't a bad thing to have. De'Aaron Fox obviously does this thing. I think Marvin Bagley's not the best power forward in the in the league, but he gets it done. He can be the fourth, fifth guy on the team. So if I'm the Kings as a coach, as a fan, as a player, I'd rather have Buddy Healed Marvin Bagley as an executive who's just trying to make money and trying to get people to fill the stands. I can see I can see them going for Ben Simmons. It's not yeah, like Josh said, it's not impossible. They could do it but I wouldn't.
0: Okay. Okay. We'll go on to the next one. I've got two more. Who says no? 76ers, Ben Simmons for Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, straight up.
2: Hold on. Say say that one more time.
0: Uh, Ben Simmons for Brandon Ingram.
2: Who says no? Mm. That's a tough one. Uh... I don't know. I don't know if I. On, I don't know if I hate that.
1: what did you say? Who's the point guard about the Pelicans? Lonzo. Uh,
0: Bledsoe and Lonzo. They both kind of do it. So.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're getting rid of Lonzo somewhere else, I feel like that's like maybe not in the same trade, but like if Lonzo leaves or if you trade him or something, I'm not against it. I'm not saying no.
0: I think this one works out for both teams. I think Pelicans need some defensive help, and that kind of brings another star to New Orleans, which is kind of what Zion wants. Um, but and I mean, man, Brandon Ingram with the Seventy Sixers, with Joel Embiid, takes some uh, like a threat away from Embiid down low. I think that's a playoff a playoff contender and an NBA championship contender.
1: And I think
0: that that's would be very going to be the best value that Ben Simmons will get.
1: That is a very interesting trade. I'm not mad at that.
0: Alright, alright. Last one. Ben Simmons for Julius Randle. Who
2: says no? Mm, hell no. Yeah, I don't I don't think the Knicks take that one. I don't see it. Yeah. Uh,
1: really? I, I think Julius Randle. Julius Randle's got this team on his back right now. The, the yeah. city loves him. I think yep. I think any other NBA team right now is looking at Ben Simmons as the guy who choked. So I, yeah. if I'm a Knicks fan, and I'm pretty sure the Knicks are, like, obviously I don't know, but I think the fan base is very uh, aggressive, very harsh on their players. So if you got Ben Simmons coming in there who just choked in this in this past series, the Knicks fans are going to tear him apart. They're going to tear apart the, the front office. I'm saying no for
2: sure. Yeah, I, I think not even thinking about value. I just think that to me, it seems like Knicks fans are just way too high on Randall. I feel like he's just after the season. He he I feel like he means so much to them that I, I don't see that happening.
0: OK, that's fair. That's fair. So which one out of those three did we like the best that we think would happen the most?
2: Number two. All right. I think I like
1: number two the best, but I think number one like, to the Kings would probably be the most likely.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I don't think Pelicans, I don't think Pelicans are trading Brandon Ingram. I really don't. Um, I think I that we're high on him and him and him and Zion have been building a chemistry and I think the Kings are definitely more likely for sure. All right. And we're going to do one last thing. This day in sports history with Justin.
1: Hello, hello, hello. So this day in 1969, Chuck Taylor, an American basketball hall of famer, most well known for his uh, salesman slash marketeering of the Chuck Taylor Converse all-star shoes. Died of a heart attack at the age of 67. So an icon dies, RIP Chuck Taylor. But this All leads right. into my question. What is the most iconic basketball shoes? No. Is it the Chuck Taylor? Is it the Jordan? Those are my top two picks, but there could be others. What are you guys' thoughts?
0: I think it's the Jordans, to be honest with you. Um,
1: I mean, the... the
0: Yeah, it's got to be the Jordans, right? I mean, that's what... There's a Jordan brand for Nike now. I I think it's got to be the Jordans.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I think it it just has to be Jordans. It just makes the most sense. Yeah,
1: like, I mean, Jordans are very iconic, obviously, but, like, Chuck Taylors or Converse was basically what everyone wore before Jordans, and Nike became prevalent. So, I don't know. I do think that there's there's I try, an argument
2: there Jordan. for sure with the Chuck Taylors. And I think that's something I never would have thought of. You know what I mean? Before, like, you brought it up. Yeah. I wouldn't even have thought of Chuck Taylors. I would have thought of, like, you know, Jordans, Kobe's. So I do think there's something there.
0: Mm-hmm. I would like to hear, like, the definitely... outsider opinion of, like, someone older because, like, that was before our time. So I think Jordan was more of our time so it would be interesting to see like like josh's older brother or justin's older brother and hearing what their thoughts were on that
1: agreed yeah just an interesting thought i had but yeah that's the state yeah. of sports history r.i.p chuck taylor
0: r.i.p all right guys that's all we got for you today if you like the content make sure you like comment and subscribe and follow us on all the major social media outlets, including tiktok Thanks guys, see you next week. Five, four, three, two, one, zero,
2: all engine running. Liftoff. We have a lift off.